Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. My guest in studio today, Masayu Jerry, the president of the Toronto Raptors. We talk about what was one of the biggest summers in their franchise's history. Kawhi Leonard, DeMar DeRozan, Dwayne Casey, Nick Nurse, the future for the Raptors. And we talk about Masai's Giants of Africa Foundation, the time he spent in Africa this summer, the difference they're making, and the time he spent with President Obama in Africa this summer. All that, a lot more. Let's get to our visit with Masai Ujiri. Welcome into Masai Ujiri, the president of the Toronto Raptors here in our New York studio. Masai, how are you? Uh, very good, very good. <laughs> the last time I saw you in New York, Messiah, last time we were together in the city, I think we were getting out of a cab at Madison Square Garden, and like the minute you jumped out, some Nick fan was yelling at you about like, "Are you ever going to beat LeBron? What do you get?" Like, right? Like you, it's, it's different walking around seeing hoop fans in this town. Huh? Uh, yeah, well, hoop fans everywhere in the world is 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 <laughs> it's a. Uh, the NBA is doing well. It's, it's 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 everywhere around the world now. You know, you see you see it, and um, here and, and it's the height of it. You know, and um, but just being traveling around the world, and and especially during the summer to see like the following of the NBA, it's remarkable. You know, I didn't think that in my I thought maybe in my lifetime, but maybe not in the course of my career. What I see the NBA. At the very least, maybe shoulder to shoulder with the NFL. And I, I don't know exactly. There's a lot of different ways you can measure it about where it is. And TV ratings might say one thing and the revenue. But we're seeing now, like, and I think Adam Silver said this when they did the last collective bargaining agreement. Like, hey, like what we should be doing, and I've heard on both sides say, our goal should be getting together and let's together, Players Association League, Let's together go after the NFL. And I was like, oh, that's a nice thought. But boy, it's, we're kind of getting there. Uh, it's, 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 it's really interesting now, I, th- I think. And, um, I think, uh, Adam has been a remarkable leader, in my opinion. And, um, he's even seen the relationship with the Players Association, you know, um, um, with Michelle. I, I think it's been, there's no other way it can go but forward and they've seen a way that you know they might disagree on some things but the best way to do things is is to um is to work really well together and and put these ideas on the table and be open-minded and and be visionaries and i think this they've done that remarkably well and um uh, with with the NBA, there's something unique about seeing these players up close. I think you know, like on your screen, on your handset or phone, or no masks, no helmets. Um, uh, maybe I can even go as far as saying baseball and and soccer or football. It's it's further away. They are further away on the field. You know, like this is seeing these players up close, and you feel it. I I feel, and there there's so much more personable if you if you if you will i i i love it and i i love that our game is that way and it's showing around the world it's become such a global sport yeah and and i want to talk about that today and the work you do globally in africa you you spend lots of time in europe too you're you're not i always feel like you're on some 15 hour flight somewhere there's like times you'll say hey i'm getting on a flight and it's like it's never like Toronto to Cleveland or Toronto to New York. Like very often it's Toronto to 
which side of the world is a little shorter to go across, right? Like you're, you're scouting in Europe and, and then you've done a lot, you do a lot, especially in the summertime, a lot of your work in Africa with, with your foundation and, and with your work there. But this summer for the Raptors, this off season, unlike any you've had, I imagine, and, you know, you went through it in Denver with Carmelo Anthony and that trade right when you walked into the job, you made one of the biggest decisions of your career, a defining decision for the Denver organization, for you as a young executive in the league, right off the bat, you walked into it. The Kawhi Leonard trade was years in the making in the sense that, you know, you had gone down the road with and had a lot of success with DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, this core that took the Raptors to heights the organization has never been. And then in one summer, the coach, greatest coach in Raptors history, Dwayne Casey, the NBA's coach of the year, you fire him and your franchise player, DeMar DeRozan, who was synonymous with the organization, you trade him. Those are not easy decisions, and they take a lot of deliberation. But the DeRozan-Kawhi trade, the conversations leading into it with San Antonio, I think you guys, my sense was you were on the periphery of that for a while, and they went down the road with other places and saw what the offers were out there. And in the end, the offer from the Raptors, I I don't think they had anything that fulfilled the needs they wanted, which was they wanted to stay relevant, and they got an all-star player in DeMar. What was that process like? You've had a strong relationship with R.C. Buford. I've been a mentor to you in the league. Not an easy place to negotiate with. There's the process of getting there. Uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's one of those that, uh, I, I have to even start by, uh, with, with answering, answering this by, um, saying what, um, remarkable partners, uh, Dwayne Casey and Dumar were. And it is, the most difficult part of the business, the human um, aspect of it. And when you build these things for, for all these, uh, all these years, you try to build a culture, you try to build um, a family environment. Um, listen, uh, well, the, the most difficult part of our, uh, our business, you know, uh, sometimes not said, you know, is, is, is two things, you know, like trades. And when a player leaves, um, those are, those are, those are the two, I think, most difficult, uh, parts, uh, of our business where, um, we, we have to, I think everybody goes through a really tough time because you've built these relationships. There's no, and uh, no matter how any human being is, there's no pretense, you know, and so, those five years were strong, but we, we had done the same thing for um, over and over again. And I think it was time to for change. It was time to disrupt a little bit. And, and uh, you don't want to even create more pressure <laughs> for them, in my opinion, because next year, everybody would have been looking at, oh, the same thing is going to is going to happen uh, again. So that was difficult, you know, like to start. Yeah, you look at your team openly and yeah, we are, we are open to calls and to ideas and you have ideas and our team has ideas, but, um, those decisions are, are really, really difficult. I will say this too, um, that, um, I'm also proud of what the opportunities that we're given because when you first take a job, I, I hate to call it out like this, but, um, most guys, you know, like, have their own guys you know like whether it's the team they shape the team and i think we were open-minded in our regime that uh, to keep coach casey to to go with 
Demar, Kyle, these guys, and and figure out a way to build even around them. And so, if I look at Weltman, he made a change as soon mm-hmm. as he came. If I look at uh, in Scott, Orlando, yeah, in Orlando. If I look at Scott Perry, he made a change as soon as. If I look at the mm-hmm. five, last five guys, they've made a change right away. Um, if I look at Mitch Kupchak, he made a change. If I look at Detroit, uh, they made a change uh, right away. So th- that's the, that's the nature of the business uh, almost uh, a lot of times. And so, um, we're proud of the opportunity, at least, you know, like, and then we're really proud of the moments that they gave us. And, and so leading up to this, um, it, it wasn't an e- easy uh, decision. And when these things start to, uh, start to come about, um, you really have to prepare. Um, you have to talk about them as an organization. You have to, um, you have to be a visionary. You have to see. And, and we felt that we had done this for a long time and, and were we doing the same thing over and over again? Uh, and so, and when this opportunity came about and, um, Bobby started talking to, Bobby um, Webster, yeah, GM. Bobby, yes, Bobby Webster started talking to um, Brian, and uh, and then I started talking to RC. Uh, it's 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 like every every trade, you know, like you talk about these things for for some time, and then it breaks down, and it's not serious, and it goes to um, to different levels, and and then um, it came a time when. Uh, it seemed like um, it got to a level where it was going, it was going to be executed, and um, that's how we we happened to have a chance to um, to get a player like Kawhi Leonard. Masai, when you were measuring risk, almost every deal it's risk reward. Mm-hmm. Was the risk you were measuring? Well, number one is Kawhi healthy. Is he going to be the player that we've saw mm-hmm. an All NBA MVP candidate, maybe the best two way player in the league? Will he stay with us? Will he resign with us? He can be a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. Was that risk greater than, I just got swept by Cleveland. I don't think we're good enough. Was it a bigger risk to stand pat? At the end of the day, uh, Woj, the, the goal is a championship. And uh, honestly, like if you are trying to win in the NBA and just be uh, just be ordinary and stay in the league, you know, like uh, I think – everybody can do that you know um our jobs are not that hard to be honest you know like uh i i would i would think uh put teams together and and make the playoffs i, I don't know that it's uh, for me i feel that every everybody's goal the 30 teams is to win a championship and but mm. but it isn't there's yeah. a lot of places where like you can say it's your goal but what's the commitment you look and you go well they there's a lot of places the goal is to get one more contract mm-hmm. as a GM or can I just get in the playoffs and well, you I make do. decisions about going who you want to work for. I I think it's not realistic in a lot of places and I think you've decided it is realistic in Toronto to be a championship team. Well, yeah, I, I, I disagree and I agree. I, I, I think, you know, these 30 teams want to win and they, I think right. they want to win championships. We have to prepare. We have to, um, we have to figure it out, you know, like it's our jobs to, to do that. And, um, sometimes that's, uh, that's taking risks, you know, like, and, and we have to be willing to do that. I think that's the challenge, um, of the job. And that's why I say, um, 
at some point you have to put yourself out there, you know, and, and honestly, like, um, there's, there's no reason to be afraid of that, you know, like in my heart, I know, um, that I've done well by, uh, by these people and that's, it's the human part that I don't like. But in terms of preparation, uh, risk taking, uh, determination, um, the, the passion to go and, um, figure out how to win a championship. Well, how many instances are we going to, chances are we going to have to, to get a player at that level? And that's what we're talking about. And we wait those chances of getting a player that's um, the caliber of Kawhi Leonard. And yes, the risk of injury, the risk of does he want to stay? We have to prepare. We have to. Those things, uh, to me, you want them to happen organically. And um, he has to come and, and see your situation. And you have to um, you have to lay the bed well for him. And so we're confident, you know, like in, in your way, if you're not confident and you start uh, questioning yourself, then you're, you're not going anywhere. And um, that's what we said we were not going to do when we came here five years ago is we're not going to question ourselves. We're going to keep trying to rise and we're going to believe in ourselves. And that's what we've told our fans. And we're going to believe in um, our city. We're going to believe in our basketball. We're going to believe in uh, everything, our culture and what, what, what we're trying to do. So yeah, there's, there, there are those risks, but that's the tough part of this. And um, we're not afraid of that. The 24 hours leading into the agreement on the trade, you were out of the country. You were in Africa. In Kenya. Uh, in Kenya. And you, I think, were a very long flight. You, you left the country. You were getting down the road with the Spurs on a deal. Was there a party that said, do I get on this plane? Should I stay here? Can I? Because, you know, like just practically being able to be, you can be in communication from anywhere. But those hours of being on the plane and then being in Kenya and the clocks were way off from you and RC in Texas, you know, you were in the middle, they're in the middle of the, you've done other, you've done a lot of trades in your career. Did it make it even, um, I'd say complicated, but more, it was less conventional for you to get this thing done while you were across the world trying to tie up all the ends and communicate with all the people you had to communicate with? Uh, not at all. Not at all. It was, uh, for me, it was as straightforward and, um, uh, the phone is a powerful machine, you know, it's, it's, it's the most unbelievable machine, you know, like that you can, you, you can ever think of. And I, I want to say that. And I have a remarkable staff in Bobby Webster, um, Dantos, Manteresa, where they're always on the clock, you know, and I think, uh, Bobby did an excellent job, um, with this, but you have to, you have to figure out, you know, how to, how to read, um, where this is. Uh, at the level of, uh, in the level of communication as a, as in a trade. And you know, you get a sense, you get a sense of, um, where it is with the other team. You have to read that. Uh, and, um, for me, that's, that, that's our job. And, um, where you don't get the, the sense of danger or you don't get the sense of, uh, urgency or sometimes, you know, where one team is in control or another team is, uh, the other team is in control. So, um, it also helps with relationships. I have a great relationship with, um, with, with RC and, um, it got tough at times, you know, um, and those conversations are tough when you're negotiating, but, um, um, the understanding is, I think is straightforward. And, uh, so, 
lived everywhere in the world, yeah. Uh, yeah, all around the world, and it's all the same thing to me. When you and RC are talking through this trade, you, like you said, you have a very good relationship with him. A person, I think, it transcends professional. I think you guys have a personal relationship. How much did you feel like you needed to ask questions and understand what had happened there from his perspective? As you're trying to gather information to make a decision, what happened in San Antonio? What led to him being available? Did you ask those questions of him or did you just negotiate the terms of a trade? You have to do both. And sometimes it, it's, it's the circumstance, you know, that, that leads you to do both. Um, and um, sometimes you start gathering information and it leads you to a question that you have to ask um, the other person. And uh, sometimes those conversations are better when there's a good relationship or they are easier uh, maybe when there's a good relationship but um, negotiations are always tough uh, especially at those kind of levels you know it's 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 that they are tough conversations and me and RC had had tough ones you know and um, they are they are part of the business and um, you go about them as professional as you can be and um, you both try to with 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 trading too you have to um, it, it's always good when both feel comfortable, you know, like both feel good, good about it. And um, that's where, where it ended. The conversation is you guys got down the road and you get an agreement in place. I think you, it was late the morning, late the night before the trade was finalized in the morning when you guys were going to alert everybody in the deal they had been traded. You were going to get on the trade call. You called DeMar ahead of that, his agent ahead of that. And essentially told them what at that point? Uh, I told them that uh, an, an agreement had been reached and this is this is what was going to happen. It's a, it's a tough conversation to have. And um, especially um, I'm, I'm on the other side, you know, and sometimes you wish these conversations can even happen face to face. But they're just tough conversations to have, you know, like nobody um, wants to hear that they've been traded you know i i don't think it's 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 something they yeah and no also nobody on on our side we don't want to hear that um all oh, players uh, oh i'm leaving you know like so this parts of the business are, are the tough parts support for the woge pod comes from rocket mortgage by quicken loans they understand that home plays a big role in your life and family that's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash woge. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS Consumer Access dot org number three zero three zero rocketmortgage dot com slash woge. 
The anger, I think there was a combination of maybe shock and anger, frustration, the uncertainty that DeMar had of the deal and where he was going and what it all meant. He obviously loved Toronto. He had established he was part of your community there beyond the foundation he was of the team. You said at the press conference, hey, I apologize for miscommunication or miss. I don't think you ever apologized for saying, hey, I told you you weren't going to be traded, and then I did. That's not what you said, and I don't know that that's how you viewed it. He was upset. He led people to believe you had misled him. What were you apologizing for? What were you, when you look back and said, was there something you hadn't made clear or was ambiguous? Or now that you look back on it, was there anything you could have done differently? Um, I apologize, you know, for <laughs> the simple apology should be, you know, for trading DeMar. Yeah, that's that's what it should be, you know, like because there's no way, there's nothing you're doing in these kind of situations, you know, that, that the person is going to be happy about it. You know, like there's there's nothing that Danny Ainge with Isaiah or, or uh, myself with Damar or uh, Chicago with Jimmy Butler, with Jimmy Butler, you know, or um, you, if you want to look at it the other way, you know, um, Gordon Hayward with um, Utah, Utah, or LeBron yeah. with Miami, or, or Cle- there's nothing, you know, like that. And the other side is going to feel good about. Yeah, that's the honest truth, you know. Like uh, let's let's all call a spade a spade, you know. Like so, it doesn't matter what the communication was or how. You know, like it, it, what led up to it or whatever, you know. Yeah, maybe there are things we could, we could do better, you know, but at the end of the day, sometimes these things might not happen. And what do you do when they don't happen? You know, like if the trade doesn't happen or like how do you, how, how, how do you do? And that's the tough parts of our jobs, you know, and, and, um, we have to figure that the, the best way to deal with that. And, Demar was unbelievable for uh, for the city of Toronto, and um, uh, and I know I, I appreciate everything um, uh, the kid did, you know, and has done, and he'll be he'll be celebrated bigger. Uh, I know that um, I, as long as I'm a part of it, and I know even when I'm not a part of it, it'll be it's going to be that way. Um, so. The simple apology is I, I, I traded him, you know, and, and, or we traded him. And I think the hard part, I think, for on the team side is this. I'm not trading you until I've traded you, right? And you can talk, and teams are going to have a lot of conversations about guys. There's probably three or four guys in the league who really are probably never really in trade talks, and that might be too many. Outside of anybody who doesn't have a no trade, and even those who have a no trade can still be talked into – that as an organization, you have to be open to everything. And 99.9% of the conversations you have never lead to anything. So when a player says to you three weeks before the trade happens, are you trading me? I don't have anything for you. You're here, and let's talk about next season. It, it seemed like maybe in Vegas when you met with him, and I think I think there was a perception that there was a big sit-down meeting, and I don't know that it was all that. It was just a conversation maybe in a building, but – that's maybe the tougher part for a team executive is to say, if I told the player or his agent every single time that his name came up with the team, you would be paralyzed by, like, they don't need to know. And 
you're also putting your organization at risk because if a guy – Clippers kind of went through this, right, a little bit with Blake Griffin. You know, like they told him at the end and they were doing a trade. And if San Antonio tells Kawhi Leonard and his group, hey, we're talking with Toronto, what if they go out publicly and say, we don't want to be in Toronto? And hamstring the possibility of a deal and get the other team backs off, it's almost a no-win for the team and how they handle it because you may disrupt the possibility of getting a deal done or the player just feels like, I didn't get enough notice. You should have told me this was coming. It's a no-win on, on either side. You know, um, um, but I, again, I, I emphasize that, you know, the trading or player uh, leaving Roge is, is just the biggest is, is, is those are the those are the big moments those are the big decisions those are the big uh, things that we have to deal with in our business and you're absolutely right there's no it's impossible because there are so many things we all talk about as executives and uh, some of these things are they never come about sometimes and and sometimes nothing is talked about <laughs> and um, it's a fine line but I think when you're building a program and you're building a culture, um, we we always have to be prepared for um, for everything, and that's what we try to do. And I say it again: we are proud in Toronto of what these guys did. We are proud of the five years we had, but at some point, you know, like um, we were we were just doing the same thing. Oklahoma City went through this last year. They traded for Paul George. There was a belief that Paul. And he had expressed it. He was likely headed to L.A. Didn't happen. Lakers never got a meeting with him. Kawhi's from Southern California. I, I think the Lakers have been in the Clippers. Uh, the West Coast has been a focus. Okay, you're you're in a similar situation. And I think sometimes people think about, well, you have a year to recruit a guy, recruit him. And I think what you probably have is a year to show them who you are and what it means to play here, what it's like to play here, what it's like to play with this new coach for these teammates what our medical group is like, because everybody else who's recruiting that player, it's a hypothetical. Here's what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. They can promise lots. The advantage I guess you have and Oklahoma City had is, well, we get to show you every day. Is that the five years plus years you put into building Toronto, it's like, okay, we put a lot into what this environment is, the culture, what we believe are the advantages of playing in Toronto, Canada, and man, we are about to test them at the highest level. Uh, there's no question, you know, um, when teams are put in this situation, you know, um, uh, for me, it's not promising what you don't have uh, or promising something that's, you know. Um, right. You don't have a beach and you don't have it, sun it, yes, a lot of the yeah. year. You're not um, selling weather. We are who yeah. we are, you yeah. know, like, and, and you're going to be prepared and you're going to make things as as good and smooth and and um i think you want to be genuine you want to be real you want to be this is who we are you know like um we might not be um we might not be the best ones in in weather but we might be the best ones um many other places um i think the diversity the the city the um, the uniqueness of, of of a place like that, you know, uh, our fans, um, the atmosphere. I, I think those things are so unique, uh, and um, it's beginning to show it um, everywhere that this place is um, is is a li little unique. And then you have to put the basketball um, together, 
and maybe before the basketball wasn't a part of it, but I know there's a part of him that I'm sure thinks that um, this team has a chance um, with his teammates and seeing how hard these guys are working. And um, I think that's um, we have to show who we are. Um, really, there's no. Uh, there's no fake sell job here, you know. Like this is this is what it what it is, you know. And um, and hopefully um, we have a good year and um, and we can we can prepare well. You know, Kawhi and people in San Antonio would talk about this, and he was young, a younger man at the time. That you know, even his teammates and his coach would talk about. It was not easy to get to know him. He's very private, says at times very little. But you know, Duncan Pop at different times would joke about, yeah, we I didn't know I didn't I not heard his voice until well into it. You don't have the luxury of years to get to know him. Is that a challenge with him? What's it been like so far? Uh to me it's not a challenge because uh human beings are human beings and we're not all made, you know, like the same way. Um that's the that's the beauty of it, you know, and um um some people are are, are different, you know. Um, some people are white, some people are black, some people are tall, some people are short, some people are quiet, some people are noisy. You know, um, it's that's that's the nature of life. And um, the good thing about it is we all have to live together and figure it out um, with each other and and do it in a in a good, respectful um, respectful way. And I think as long as he feels that, you know, um, um, then. I think we will do our best. You know, we will we will give we'll give it our best. It's it's, uh, it's not the race to make him. You know, like to see how how quick he talks or um, you <laughs> right. know, like what uh, you you make him feel comfortable. You know, like and he for him to feel comfortable in his in his own skin, and then he will begin to feel that comfort and make other people feel comfortable too. You know, like that's just that's how life works. You know, and so, um, so we look forward to it. We're we're excited about that. The first meeting you had with him, he came in. You know, I believe with his uncle, with his agent, and you know, so family and, and representation. And you guys sit down. I don't know if it was your office or a conference room or out on the court, wherever it was. What was the first message you had for him, or the most important message? Like, here's why we did this. Not to go into too much, you know, like I like to keep those things, you know, like within, uh, between us, you know, I think that's, that's respectful, but we, we, we wanted to tell him that we believed in him and we, um, we did this uh, for good reason to think that, um, we, we were getting a top three player in the NBA and the way he has gone about it, it uh, um, on the court is uh, for us phenomenal and a fit for what we're trying to do and how we're trying to win. Uh, a, cha- a championship maybe one day and um to me that's the clear uh, clear message we will um treat you with total respect and prepare well and put you put things uh, around you um that's um we feel will will help you when you've watched him in the gym this summer when you've been in the gym what what have you seen from him uh, you know, I just got back from Africa, yeah. yeah. So, so um, the coaches have been with him, yeah. So I, I haven't seen him, but everything you hear, you know, like it's, 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 it's unbelievable. When, when training camp starts, will there be any restrictions on him? He can just show up and play. 
from everything I've heard, you know, he's 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 very well, and and um, our medical staff have gone to see him a number of times. They feel comfortable. Um, no um, verdict has been made per se, mm-hmm. and they're treating it, you know, like as he feels and as we go. But he's he's ramped up his training and. Um, uh, it should be in in uh, in, in Toronto soon, and um, we'll go from there. So I'll go with uh, both what he talks, uh, what the medical staff and uh, him uh, go with. I, I I don't have any you know um, <laughs> verdict on that. Today's episode of the Woj Pod is also sponsored by Master Class. Steph Curry's Master Class is a once in a lifetime opportunity to learn from one of the greatest shooters in NBA history. Masterclass offers online classes taught by the best in the world. In over four hours of movie-quality video lessons, Steph will teach you perfect shooting mechanics, footwork, and scoring techniques, break down specific drills that will make you a better ball handler, analyze NBA game footage to improve your basketball IQ. I wonder if there's a front office that's going to buy the Masterclass. In addition to Steph's class, you can choose from classes taught by over 35 other masters, including Gordon Ramsay teaching cooking, Malcolm Gladwell teaches writing, and Ron Howard teaches directing. New classes are always being added across a wide range of fields such as music, cooking, writing, film, and many more. Whether you are pursuing your passion or developing your career, you'll find a master class for you. Master class has even been featured by the New York Times, Vanity Fair, and ESPN. WojPod listeners can get Steph Curry's class or unlock access to every masterclass for a year. Right now at masterclass.com slash Woj. You'll gain unlimited access to over 35 world-class masters, all for one surprisingly low annual price. That's masterclass.com slash Woj for unlimited access to masterclass. Learn from the best in the world at masterclass.com slash Woj. When healthy and at the top of his game, his ability to dominate the game on both ends of the floor, you can put him out on anybody to defend. He can defend anybody on the court. You know, defended LeBron as well as anybody in the league did. When you think about the team, maybe especially the defensive team you can put out there, when you think about competing with Boston and Philadelphia, where does he put you, you hope? We're excited to see. <laughs> Honestly, Oj, I'm so excited to see you know, like, and I, I'm, I, I don't want to be one of those that says, "Man, you know, like, <laughs> it's going to be this, it's going to be that," you know. Um, but I like was was super excited, you know, to with Kyle, with with Og and Pascal and Fred and Delon and uh, just the development of all these guys, and then the addition of you know, um, even like a younger veteran type group of. Um, Danny Green and CJ Miles and and Serge, you know, like um, we feel, you are really excited to see it uh, uh, come together. And with Nick Nurse and uh, the new coaching staff, you know, like there's there's a new there's a new excitement, and sometimes we need that. When you made the decision to replace Dwayne Casey, and you eventually you you interviewed several candidates, you decided to stay in house and promote Nick Nurse. A lot of it was well before you had really even had a serious conversation with the Spurs. You didn't imagine, well, I'm going to have Nick to coach Kawhi Leonard and not DeMar DeRozan. That wasn't, it, it came about. Would that have impacted the coaching decision at all if you knew that trade was going to happen? Uh, not at all. 
Yeah, not a lot. We feel we, we, we got the right person and we went through the process of interviewing, you know, um, a, a few people and, um, uh, were great candidates, but, uh, Nick Nurse stood out to us and he's been, he's been remarkable, um, the whole summer. Um, some of the things he's done and, um, he, he hasn't coached an NBA game yet, but, um, I, I love, the preparation, we love um, the communication, we love uh, this is the decision we've made you know, and um, I, I, I just don't think it would, have, it, it would change it would have changed anything Among the most difficult decisions or processes you have um, running a basketball team where does hiring a coach figuring out in two or three conversations with sometimes a person you don't really know well at all like, can we be compatible can this person command the room is he tactically all i mean so many things go into being a good coach and some things you can't even measure you just know it when you're around it where does that process rank and just like the most difficult decisions you have to make in the job no question it is the most difficult decision you have to make and because it's easier to tell who's a great player yes right yes yeah Uh, it's uh, for me that that just um, to see prospects play and to um, to kind of have that vision of what that player is going to be like. Um, uh, sometimes, you know, like I think that might be a little bit easier because that player is playing in his own space to start with. And you, uh, um, to start coaching, you're dealing with everybody else right away. You're dealing with... The 15 players, you're dealing with management, you're dealing with ownership, you're dealing with media, you're dealing with uh, command, uh, you're dealing with uh, preparation, style, system, all kinds of things that uh, personality, um, everything uh, that um, that has to do with uh, this job is 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 very difficult. I really give those guys a lot of credit, you know, for what they do every day. Uh, dealing with how many thousands of fans, you know, like uh, coaching and making, you know, like decisions there, and to find that person, the process was really interesting and. Um, going through it the first time was very interesting for me. There's a lot of research you, um, you do and, um, and, um, questions you have to ask, um, a lot of leadership uh, research that you have to do. And, uh, it was fun doing it with the team and, and, uh, with Bobby and Teresa and Dan and, and going through that was, um, I thought it was amazing, but it was, it was the first time I've done it. And, uh, in, in some ways, I'm proud to say that being a, a general manager for eight years in the NBA, um, I, I'm, I'm actually proud uh, to say that. It was always interesting to me in covering a lot of coaching searches and talking with coaches and executives about interviewing and what was that interview like and what do you want to talk to this guy about? I always kind of felt like I was better doing my job than I was talking about doing my job. I'm not sure I interviewed well for jobs, but I always felt like, go talk to the people I work with or really study the work versus, I don't know if I'm going to dazzle you in two hours in the room. Mm -hmm. And I think some places put great premium on the interview. Mm -hmm. And I think people can be prepared. And like my sense has been with you guys and, and how you did this search and talking to other teams because they felt like they were all talking to your people all the time. Like you really dug into the details of 
relationships with the players and the places they've been. And they're guys who are assistant coaches, head coaches, that maybe that's where the work has to be done more so than just did you and I hit it off in a conference room for three or four hours. One of the most interesting things, uh, well, it's funny you say this, you know, one of the most interesting things I I heard was when you are doing inquiries of different people or different coaches, even a lot of them that, you know, like maybe within inter- interviews, what do you make of when somebody says he's probably going to be a bad interview, but he's a really good coach? He's a great coach. He could be, he's a, he could be a great coach. You know, like, it's one of the things that stood out in my mind, you know, like right away, like when I started going through this process is what does that mean? You know, like what does, what, what does that mean? And so you start to prepare yourself to make sure that that person or, um, these interviews are a good experience. So whether that person is, they are saying he's going to be a bad interview, how do you give him the experience of making that in, figuring out what it is that makes him a bad interview, you know, and, and, and why is he such a good coach? Uh-huh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and those things are tough. You know, like, because right away, you know, like if you are thinking of your experience with that person and if your experience with that person is not good at that moment, that's not helping that person get the it's job. It's hard to overcome because you can listen to everybody else and they can tell you this guy is great with the players and you talk to players. You know, the players are the ones who, you know, you can have like you talk to a guy's former head coach and. He's close with this assistant. He wants to help the guy. Mm-hmm. And he's going to maybe try to tell you all the positives, stay away from the negatives, um, maybe accentuate the positives, embellish. But when you talk to players, players know who helped them, and players know what coaches on the staff really impact it. And I've always found that guy, like in searches of, you know, go back and talk to guys about, because when, especially when it's assistant coaches, mm-hmm. well, like how much was you? How much was the other assistant? How much of it was the head coach? Did you really have a lot of input there? They're telling me you did. Mm-hmm. But I always kind of feel like players know who, like, they're not getting bullshitted. No, by no who, question. They're, they're around them too much. No question. And you can get that sense from them, and you should get that that uh, some of the sense from them. And, 